we are taught that before entering upon any endeavor, we should first invoke the aid of God. So if you will, bow with me, and let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're gathered here this morning to worship you. Lord, we just pray your blessings now on the reading of your words. And we just pray that our mind, our ears, and our heart would be open to those words. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Where's Bud? Bud? Bud did a real good job in Sunday school this morning, so I just wanted to brag on him. Plus, I needed a little information from him. Uh, <clears throat> this weekend is a pretty important weekend in the state of Texas, and there was a time that Bud wouldn't be here on Sunday morning. Uh, real early this morning, he would be up going dove hunting, wouldn't you? There you go. Bud, it's here. We're spread out like a covey of quail. We're everywhere in here, aren't we? Before we can study our lesson, we need to understand something. First of all, uh, we need to let God speak to us. Now, God speaks to you through his word. We're going to look at that in just a moment. It's not important what I have to say. What's important is what the Holy Spirit says to you about Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, please open them. I want that Word of God in your lap to speak to you. And as we go through this, I want you to read the words. I want you to find out what God has for you this morning. Now, <clears throat> there's a couple things that, that we need to understand about the Word of God. The first is a passage of Scripture that's in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 40, verse 8, one of my favorite verses. And it should be marked in your Bible. If it's not, I would encourage you to get a Bible that you can mark in, right all over it. But it says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word, now we're talking about the Word, of our God stands forever. Now, I've asked Robert this before, but how long is forever? Long time, isn't it? Okay. I don't know, but I know it's a long time. Now, <clears throat> Isaiah is writing about Jesus. People say they can't remember Scripture, can quote Scripture. We're going to be looking at two passages of Scripture in a minute that I want you to put to memory, okay? Everybody should remember Genesis 1-1. If you've been in my Sunday school class, I've said it nearly every time we met. In the beginning, God. That's it. Can you remember that? You've got to remember it, but you've got to believe it. Because if you can't accept Genesis 1-1, you'll get nowhere in the Bible. That is your foundation. You may not understand the rest of the Bible, 
But you need to understand, I need Genesis 1-1. No matter what's going on, in the beginning, God. Now, the next verse that I want you to remember comes from Revelation. Now, we talked in Revelation in our Sunday school this morning. And <clears throat> Bud mentioned the fact that a lot of people don't want to study Revelation. They say they don't understand it. Our pastor's going to be holding a, a Bible study, not beginning this Wednesday, but next week, that deals in the book of Revelation. You need to remember Revelation 22.20. Dave says, Jesus what? Come quickly. That's it. Genesis 1.1, Revelation 22.20. In the beginning, God and Jesus come quickly. Now, we'll work on the rest of it that's in the middle. But those are your foundational blocks. That's what your Christian life is built on. Now, we're going to be coming from the book of John. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel of John. Let me get my notes out here so I can kind of see where I'm going. Okay. The Gospel of John. Now, <clears throat> in our lives where we live, and excuse my voice, I, it's Central Texas, dove hunting, and I got allergies, okay, and it hung right here, so I'm a little raspy. Uh, <clears throat> we need to see, coming from the book of John, we need to understand what John is talking about. And we need to look at how he presents his message. Now, in our lives today, many times you, you're, you, you're, you yourself have pondered upon the question, or you've been asked, said, what's the definition of Christianity? Okay? How would you define Christianity? Well, many people say, I don't want to come to the church because they're going to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing, this, this, and this. You need to understand as a Christian what Christianity is. It is not this building. It is not bricks, stones, boards. It's not. Now, Many times we confuse Christianity as not a set of teachings to be understood. Oh, that ought to raise some eyebrows. Well, when you look at that, you need to understand something. You will never understand. Well, thank you, Miss Barber. I appreciate that. Well, you being nice. I won't tell Faye how nice you were. I'm also going to tell my wife about them great accolades that Rocky made about me. If she was here, she would have said, Rocky, you talking about him? You know, so. Now, back to where I'm at. Uh, now, you might say that, hey, that's not true because we're taught to read the Bible. We're taught to understand the Bible, okay? You cannot understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're a lost person, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't read your Bible and you can philosophize. You know, I can philosophize with anybody. I'm pretty good at that. 
Christianity is not a set of teachings to be understood. A lot of people want to say, well, I want to understand all this. That's not where Christianity is. And we're going to look at that this morning because we had some folks back in in, in John's time that was pretty smart, and they understood the Scriptures. Christianity is a person, Jesus, to be followed. Now, that's what Christianity is. Don't get it confused. It's about Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, then you don't have Genesis 1-1 or Revelation 22-20. You can't have them. Okay? I don't care how much. Matter of fact, I've even made a statement. You know, if somebody comes to me and, and begins to quote Scripture, i got a little flag that comes up. Okay? Uh, because it's real easy to cherry-pick the Bible. And many times that's what those individuals are doing. Now, let's get to our lesson this morning. The Gospel of John. Now, the Gospel of John is a book that stresses Jesus' relationship with individuals. Now, he uses the term sign. Now, we would call these things that we're going to be studying this morning a miracle, and it is a miracle. But John uses the word sign. Sign means it's pointing somewhere. It's pointing what? To Jesus. Now, first of all, in in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, Genesis 1-1. And the Word was with God, Genesis 1-1. And the Word was God, Genesis 1-1. Okay? That is also the fulfillment of the passage of Scripture that we read in Isaiah. Now, we've got that as an introduction. Now, the next thing we need to look at is the summary. I like to read books, and many times I'll read the back before I'll read the front. You know, I'm curious about what's going to happen. See how it ended. In 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 John chapter 20, verse 30. Now, this is John writing about the Word, Jesus, about what you've got in your lap. It says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs. He did a lot of them. In the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. You ever think about that? Jesus did a lot of things that's not recorded. But these, okay, you got. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you personally, may have life in his name. You need to remember that. We understand now what John is talking about. So let's look at one of these signs. Our scripture study comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. We're going to be looking at verses... 
one. Well, where we go? Okay. One through seven. Okay. Now, in verse one, and we're just going to take the verses one at a time, and let's talk about them for just a moment. Okay. In the Gospel of John, chapter nine, verse one. As he went along, okay, now this is Jesus. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, okay? And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, that's the question. Now, you got to understand a little bit of the setting before you can understand that scripture. Jesus began his earthly ministry. He called his disciples, and almost immediately he moved into the area of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and his teachings to the people that were on the western side of the Galilee Sea. Some of you may have had the opportunity to see that. But this was a very popular ministry. People came to him. People rallied around him. That's when he performed the other signs. But we see now the time in Jerusalem was the Feast of the Tabernacles. And the Jews were required to return to Israel to celebrate that feast. Now, the Feast of the Tabernacle, and it's also, and I get confused in the Bible, it is also referred to the Feast of Booths. And what they did was they set them up a little camping tent, and they camped, okay? The tabernacle. Those of you that are probably a little bit older, I'll look at Jerome, probably have been to a tabernacle, a service tabernacle. It's just a place with shade trees cut down on it, and that's where it was. Okay. Now, they were required to return there for the reason it was supposed to remind them of where they came from and of what it was when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea by divine command. They lived in booths for 40 years. They traveled, and that's what they had to live in. Now, we need to be reminded of where we came from. Now, this is me, okay? I'm going to make a statement. It's all on me. I don't like what's going on in America when it comes from a group of people that want to change our history. Now, that is dangerous. Our history is important. I'm not saying all of our history is good. Matter of fact, most of it was just pretty doggone tough. <laughs> okay. But we what? Need to remember where we came from. We're supposed to be Americans. We need to come by and gather. Now, one thing, once again, this is on me. One thing, the hurricane is coming. I don't understand why God allows that to happen. But look at the outpouring of what? Love. Where does love come from? God, okay? People can't stand to see good. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed at it. All right. 
He was picking on the first lady's shoes that she wore in Houston. Now, I'm sorry, I'm a man, but, it, you know, that's a beautiful woman. <laughs> I'm not looking at her shoes. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that way, but okay. But look, here we have thousands upon thousands of people that don't have a house. And, and that's what they want to write about. Now, that's just all on my own. I'll quit that. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, Jesus returns to Jerusalem, and he teaches there. Now, he teaches. The, the temple, the original temple, was not a, an extremely large place. It was very ornate. But it was surrounded by open-air temples, I mean porches. And that's where the philosophers would come, and they'd get an audience together, and they would philosophize. Or they would share the teachings of the Bible. This is where the Pharisees and the scribes met, and they shared the Old Testament with them. Now, Jesus comes, and he gets him a place. I'm going to call it Jesus teaching from the porch. He gets him a place on the front porch, and he begins to teach. Now, the people... The scribes, the, the, the religious leaders, the very people who should have known who Jesus was, rejects him. They realize his teachings are fantastic. Okay, they'll go along with that. Boy, that's a great, you know, theological teaching. But they wouldn't accept Jesus. Okay, they was hearing. Okay, or I would say they're listening, but they're not hearing. Now, then this religious group pick up stones and go to stoning Jesus. That kind of sound familiar with today? Okay. If you don't like my perspective, I'm going to strike out at you. There is no other one. Now, the problem with perspectives and facts now, if the facts don't match your perspective, it's easier to change the facts than your perspective. Okay? And that's what's happening in our country. Now, Jesus then slips away from the temple, from the porch, and eases through the crowd. And that picks up in verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man <clears throat> blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he is blind? Now, as Jesus is in, easing through the crowd, he comes down from the porch. He's still on the grounds of the temple. Okay, He comes by a man that is blind from birth. Now, his disciples have seen this man. He's been around the temple. And they ask him a question. Why is this man blind? Now, I cannot understand heartache and pain and loss. I struggle with that. Physical ailments. I, I, I don't understand why that happens. But there's a biblical truth right here, and you need to hang your hat on it. Okay? Jesus says, neither. Now, the, the Jews believed 
that the sins of the father was passed down to the son. They believe that. Now, I have an outlook on that passage of Scripture that says that. It does say that. The sins of the father was passed down upon the son. That's what it says. To me, the sin was they didn't tell them about Jesus. And they're paying the price for it. But he says, neither. This man... I'm sorry. He says, neither. But this happens so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Now, catch this, okay? Look at that and see what Jesus is saying. The man was born blind for a purpose, okay? Now, each of us was born for a purpose. Each of us are special. We're all different, but we're all the same. But you, Miss Kathy, was born for a special purpose. Now, I don't know what that is. Why? Because I'm not you, okay? Many times we want to <clears throat> compare uh, what we see in ourselves to, to Brother Dave. Somebody, ooh, look at him. Man, I wish I could do that. Well, you shouldn't do that. This blind man was born blind for one purpose, and that was to glorify God. Now, that's what you're here for. That's your only purpose in life. We should never forget that God has a plan for us. I don't understand it, but I know it's true because Jesus said it. Now, he goes on. As long as there is day, we, we, talking to his disciples, must do the work of, of God, it says him, but it's God, who what? Sent me Jesus. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, there's a couple things we need to pick up on this. We only have a limited time on this earth. Okay. Come the, the second coming. If it comes before you die, you go to meet Jesus as Christians, as a follower of Christ. But if, he, if you don't, I hate to tell you this, you're going to die. Every one of you. Your body is going to pass away. Now, what happens is we get caught up in the things of our body rather than the spiritual thing, the Holy Spirit, okay? Everything you see up here, including me, is not real. None of it's real. It shall all, what, pass away. 
All things shall be made new. That's another sermon. But listen, you need to understand, quit looking at the world and look to Jesus. Now, that's what he's doing here. He tells us we have work to do while we have time. And he makes a statement. He says, as long as it's day, we must work. We must understand also in that, he says, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is light. Okay. There is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. Okay. Now, I have a little quote that I'll use, and it is, If you think there's a boogeyman in the room, Turn on the light, Joe. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying what? Turn me on. I am the light. If you don't have Jesus, folks, you don't have the light. And there is a boogeyman in this room. We talked about that in our Sunday school class. Now, we want to skate over that because you don't want to talk about that. You might offend somebody. But Satan's here, folks. He's in this room. Jerome, he wants to be. He likes it here, doesn't he? All the time. What is he doing? Well, for one reason, he's trying to get your mind off of that book. Okay? He's sitting back there. He said, we always had a preacher that always said, I said all that to say this. Now, what he was trying to say is, you know, you need to listen up. And what I was thinking, boy, I'm glad he's finished, you know. Some of you are already thinking that. I'm sure we'd be glad when he closes this thing out. Okay? Turn on the light. It's simple. It's simple. Now, in verse 5, having said that, he spat on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Now, we see that today. We say, well, you know, that's kind of unsanitary. But really, that was a practice of that day in medical terms. It wasn't too long ago. If you had something that was infected, they would pack it in mud, and as the mud dried, what happened? It drew the infection out. And that's not too long ago. Okay? So what he's saying here is... I am the great physician. Okay? I am the great physician. Now, what does he do with the mud? He packs his eyes. He said, put and put it on the man's eyes. Now, I've said all that to say this, okay? There's two verses left, and that's really the summary of everything we've talked about this morning. And you find that in verse 7.
six, I'm sorry, six, six and seven. Okay, six and seven. You need to think spiritually now. You need to get out of the world. Forget about the things that the world has put in your mind that it has to be this way. We've got a lot of those set of teaching. Well, you've got to do this, Robert. Well, I don't want to do that. You've got to do it anyway, okay? Now, listen. This is spiritual now. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Verse 7, speaking to the man, he said, Jesus said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sin. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Yes, I know that the word wash doesn't have an R in it, but that's the way Texas pronounces it. That's it. Now, look at what's happening here, folks. Now, look at it spiritually. You were born blind. You came into this world blind for all this sin. You came into a sinful world. Sin is the mud. You can't see. Why? You got mud on your eyes. You got your eyes focused on what? the world. That's sin. He tells the man what? Go. An action is always required. I've, I've left this side out. I? Get over there. You are required to do something for Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you're going to have to go. Now, don't confuse motion with action. Two different things, aren't they? Two different things. You've got to have an action. Did that man have to go to the pool? Nope. He could have just stayed there with his eyes mud. Or he could have went somewhere else and washed his eyes. He had to make a decision with Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. He went to the pool, and he did what? He washed his face. Now, there's a whole new uh, sermon on that pool. The Pool of Siloam has, has a lot of history in it. We won't get into that. But he sent him to that pool for a reason. He went, and he washed his eyes. The cross of Jesus is the water. The cross of Jesus cleanses your eyes. It what? Washes away the sin. That's what it is. That's what John is talking about. Every one of these things has a spiritual meaning. He washed and he came away. He come home seeing. You can now see. Now, my question to you this morning, can you see? Or you got mud in your eyes? I don't know. Nobody can tell me 
I mean, I don't know if Robert's saved or not. Only God knows that. He may have all kinds of mud in his eyes. Patsy mentioned a form, uh, uh, something in Sunday school this morning. She said, just because we're saved, that doesn't mean our sin. Uh, I mean, our, we continue to sin. We've got saved by his righteousness, but we've got to repent. We're not, he's not through with us. Now, my question to you, he went, he washed, and went home sinning. So the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Now, you've got to look at the story. Don't ever take one verse out of context. You read it. What about the scribes and Pharisees? We talked about them. They heard the word of God, didn't they? From him himself. What did they decide to do with it? Let's kill Jesus. Because it's not what I want to hear. But they heard. Okay, they heard. Then what else? They just saw this miracle, this sign. That what? Once again, pointed to Jesus. But they refused what? The sign. We've heard this morning. We've seen this morning. So, are we going to follow Jesus? Now, I've got just a second. Okay. Uh, I want to share something with the church that's real personal to me. I shared it with Patsy and Barbara this morning. But uh, I have a grandson, Cash. He's 10 years old. And you've, you've seen me, you've seen him tagging along by couldn't be here this morning, but uh, uh, Cash went to vacation. How many were involved in vacation Bible school? Okay. This is for you. I want you to remember that. Vacation Bible school. He went last year and he went this year. When vacation Bible school was over, he said, Poppy said, I sure did have fun at vacation Bible school. I wish we had another week of it. I know you workers don't want another week here, but so I was glad to hear that. I was sitting at the table this past week, and Cash come up to me, and he'd been in something, I don't know what, and he said, Poppy, you ever been baptized? I said, yeah, I've been baptized. He said, um, Poppy, I want to be baptized. I said, you do? He said, yes. I said, well, why would you want to be baptized? He said, because I love God. Now, folks, vacation Bible school is over. But the seed was what, David? Planted, wasn't it? We don't ever know. We never know. So I said, okay. We'll go talk to the pastor. He said, all right. And he bounces out of the room and goes. So we made an appointment. Come down and saw Brother Norm. And and Brother Norm did the same thing. I just said, and he asked okay. said, well, what are you here for? He said, because I want to be baptized. <laughs> okay. He said, why? Because I love God. He said, on the 13th of this month, it's Wednesday night, Cash is going to be baptized. And it's because of this church, not the bricks and the mortar, 
is God's working here. How excited about that. We just don't ever know. And it may not be for a while before you see it. One of the greatest compliments I ever received was from a lady that that I, I worked with. And we were talking about different people and what you see in their personalities and so forth. And you've heard me tell this before, but anyway. She said, you know, Kathy, this is what I see in you. She told me that, James. I said, well, I sure don't see that. And she said, that's good, Dave. You don't need to see it. What is she talking about, Dave? There you go. That's what it's all about. So the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Rocky, come on up here. Are you going to just learn the words? The scribes and Pharisees knew the words, folks. That ain't the deal. The deal is, are you going to be like the man that was born blind? God has a purpose for me, and I want to follow that purpose this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for these that have come this morning. And I just hope in some small way, Lord, that we have opened up the Word of God and it has spoke to our heart and that we will make a commitment this morning to follow Jesus. Thank you. Rocky.